LOL. <laughs> laugh out loud. Why? Just looking at your face makes me laugh. <laughs> funny. You're so funny. Yeah, right. You're so funny. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, what's up? What's up? What it is? What it is? <laughs> Why do I hang out with you? I don't know. Why? Anyway. Anyway. What did we say we were going to talk about? We go through this every, every year. year. Why? We just talked about this for the past 20 minutes. In my defense, we went over a couple different things. Okay. But where I think we're going is piggybacking off of your YouTube videos the past two weeks. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So the past two videos, I spoke about talking to my childhood. Mm -hmm. And that was me talking to myself. Yeah. And then the second part was me talking to myself now. Mm -hmm. Right? And so based on those videos, the point of it was to show who I was. And then how would my response be, right, mm -hmm. to that person that I used to be? Now I've changed. Now I'm a grown woman, you know. You're grown now? I'm grown. <laughs> You're Rona? Hey, no, don't say that. <laughs> People are going to get up and then. Now I've changed, and I see my perspective has changed. So then I show who I am now. So based on that, um, pretty much what I wanted to know is well actually let's let me ask you that question if you could tell something to your inner child slash old you mm -hmm. what would you tell yourself um i think it depends on what stage of life because i i think this is something that everybody should do for themselves um because after i watched your videos i, I really started thinking about it and it, it kind of changes depending on, on which part I am. And, and I think it's going to continue to change for all of us as we continue to grow and evolve. Yeah. Um, you know, but there's so many different avenues that I could take with, with, with it. I would um, say the toughest time in your life. Because I know, I mean, when's your child okay? But I see it more on the, the toughest one. The, mm -hmm. the, the toughest part of your childhood that you if you could have told yourself something that maybe would have changed that perspective back in the day what would it be probably the well let us give us the time frame first and around what happened around that time and then you can tell us what you thought so the the, the first time period that came to mind when you said that was high school mm, um okay. you know high school was a time where i think for a lot of us we're trying to figure out who we are as people yeah um and when I look back at my life through, throughout high school, it's like I was always trying to fit in with people. Mm -hmm. So I'd kind of alter, you know, my background. I'd try to alter how I talked, how, you know, the things that I liked and stuff mm -hmm. um, based on the kind of the group that I wanted to fit into. Mm -hmm. And in high school, it was I was just throwing stuff to the wall to see what stuck because I would try to get into with a lot of groups. We've talked about it where I yeah it, it wasn't like one set of people that i would have like i had my core friends right but then i would also try to be friends with other people yeah and just be a friendly guy be yeah. popular yeah mm. because that's what i thought i wanted to be you know so it, it it was a struggle you know so the thing that i would tell myself back then is 
these people aren't gonna last. Oh my <laughs> you god! Know? So, so it was like, don't waste your time trying to fit in with these people because at the end of the day, only a handful are gonna be there yeah. in ten years, mm-hmm. and really, only one of them is gonna truly be there for you in oh ten years. Oh my god! You know. See, at the time when you would tell yourself that, don't you think even with that you will respond like, "Really? You're telling yeah. me my best friends right now are not yeah. gonna last?" And, and if I think about what type of person I was at the time, yeah, it might have been met with resistance, but at the same time, it might not have been hmm. because I've already heard that one from my dad. Oh, wow. Coming out of grammar school, I, the high school I went to was because I wanted to stay with the friends that I made in grammar school. Oh. And within a month of high school, I'd already dropped those friends, Dang. you know, so I'd already heard it once. So if, you know... I would have heard it again. Maybe it would have been a little bit more of a real possibility. The mm. resistance might have been like, no, these pe- these guys are different. These friends are different. Mm. Um, when in reality, it wasn't. Because um, yeah. there's Samantha's the only person I still talk to from, from high school on a regular basis. She's the only person from high school that I actually, you know, make an effort. And she makes an effort for us to get together at least once a month. Mm, you know, yeah. d- despite her schedule, my schedule... You know how far we live from each other it's always there's effort there at least once a month to get together and i think for the past few months we, we've gotten together at least twice a month and when i asked you about how tough it was back then and you giving yourself that advice was that advice given because you were too reluctant or hesitant to let go of people or something like that or why why would you tell yourself that though there was a lot of that, but what I ultimately think about it was I just wasn't happy with who I was. Um, but like, were people the influence? Is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah. You know, so the the influences that I was around, I try to like start molding myself to fit that. Mm. You know, because it was around that time that I really got away from pro wrestling, which mm. was such a huge part of my childhood prior to that. Mm. You know, but there was such a stigma with wrestling that I didn't want to be associated with that. Oh, you know, so you feel shame. Yeah. Oh, wow. You know, so that's kind of what I would also say on a different side of things. It was like, this is part of who you are. Right. You know, and, and there was a lot of it, even some of that old mentality kind of still carries through with today because it was, you know, because I, I posted the picture of The Undertaker again last week, you know, where he signed the, the Warrior Glove. Yeah. There was a part of me once I made the decision that the week after we went to Nashville, I was going to go and meet him. Yeah. There was a big chunk of me. I was like, I'm not going to post those pictures on social media. Right. Because it was like, what are people going to think that I'm following this guy or I'm like super obsessed with this guy? Yeah. You know? And so I was like, I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm not going to post those pictures. Mm. You know? But then I was like, you're doing exactly what you did in high school. Now this you're is, just conforming. Yeah. You know, based on what other people might think about it, mm. you know, but yeah, I've met him before. Yeah, we just went to to Nashville to, to see his show and stuff. We right. didn't meet him there. Right. Um, you know, but this one was, okay, now this is where he's going to actually sign the glove of the gym. Right. And I'm going to tell him why he's signing a glove to the gym, you know, yeah. even though it's not his gym. Have you told the story? I, I'm trying to remember now that I'm... I'm Trying to think, I might have brought it. We no, might have right? No, because we, yeah, because we said you met him, but you didn't tell. You didn't say exactly 
what you said to him mm -hmm. and you also haven't said the amount of times you didn't say anything yeah so and tell us why <laughs> yeah okay. so i guess yeah, so yeah, what was this, the whole story behind this, that yeah. this goes back into the childhood too of, of that shyness okay you know because professional wrestling really helped me start getting out of the shyness once i started accepting professional wrestling Right. You know, and there, there came a time where I was less interested in the stories I was watching on TV, mm -hmm. but I was more interested in the, the stories of the people playing these characters on TV. Mm. You know, so I always said my top three, you know, in no particular order. Yeah. Eddie Guerrero, Randy Man Savage, Cho. and The Undertaker. Yeah. You know, and they all had certain influences in my life that all ultimately, once I accepted who I was, professional wrestling is part of my life. Yeah. I don't make a lot of friends, mm. you know? So what are, what are these guys had? Cause I, obviously I look up to them for a reason. Right. Randy Savage was anything but shy. Mm. You know, he was loud. He had all the, the, he was flamboyant. He had all the loud colors. I was like, I need to be more like that guy. Mm. Eddie Guerrero had that resilience that he was just himself and he hit hardships with, you know, his, his drug addictions and stuff. And, he came back from all of that to be somebody that nobody believed he could be. Nobody believed that he would ever be world champion. Mm, and he did it. Yeah. You know, because of his size, because he was Latino, because of all these things. I was like, I need to be more like that. Yeah. You know, and with The Undertaker, The Undertaker was more so, not so much a lot that I could relate to at the beginning. Mm -hmm. He was just the first wrestler that I saw. One yes. of the when I started watching WWE. You know, so he stuck out because he's really tall, you know. He's unique. He was unique. Different. You know? So that caught my attention right away. Mm. You know, and then as I got to watch him and, you know, who he is as a character, he's always evolving his character. Like, after he spends a couple months or a year or a few years as a certain character, he changes it. He sticks to it. But it just grows from there to yeah. keep up with the times. But with The Undertaker in particular... He was about respect and loyalty. That one I know we've talked about. Yeah. But then I started, um, I, I watched an interview with him and he said how, how big he was on, on mixed martial arts. Mm -hmm. And he, he was a real big fan of boxing and MMA. Mm -hmm. I knew what boxing was. I didn't know what MMA was. So it kind of stuck with me. It was like I, I wasn't going to look into it because I didn't really care. It was just something. It was like a, a fun fact about The Undertaker. He likes boxing and MMA. Mm. You know, and then there was one day I'm scrolling through through the TV at home, and uh, I see the Ultimate Fighter. So I was like, "Let me see what this is." And then right away, one of the first words that popped out is MMA mixed martial arts. I was like, "Oh, this is what the Undertaker's talking about." Mm. And then I ended up spending the rest of that afternoon watching MMA. Who was your first fighter? Can you recall the first fighter? Because it was the ultimate fighter. I can tell you uh, what. I can't tell you what season it was. No, I mean, but it was like. I, do you I, remember I, any it fighter? It was probably the season before the full season that I watched. Because hmm. I watched, the first full season of the ultimate fighter that I watched was um, Rampage Jackson as a coach. And Forrest Griffin as a coach. Oh, so I you're don't, looking at those it, top guys. It, it was a, yeah, it was a while ago. Yeah. So I don't know if that was the season that I ended up starting to watch, mm. or if that was like the, you know, the the following season. But it was yeah. around that time period. Um, the intense like, season. It's I was like, intense. wow, you know, this this stuff's really cool. Yeah. You know, and at the time I was like, I'm never gonna, 
never could do anything with it, but it's cool, you know. And now, yeah. I, now I, can, I can see why The Undertaker likes this, you right. know. And then as that sport started getting more popular, The Undertaker and his performances in, in professional wrestling, he started adding, he had the MMA gloves. He started doing the triangle choke. He started doing mm. the Gogo Plata, you know. So oh. he started taking these elements of MMA and putting it in his performance. And me being the pro wrestling fan, I was like, this is really cool. Yeah. Cool. You know, so when I started hitting those hardships in high school, I needed an outlet mm. and I had already done wrestling in high school and I was already done with that. So I was like, what? Cause I felt this anger. I felt a lot of emotion at the time. I was like, I wonder if MMA would help me let out that anger. Hmm. Cause it's, it's, I'm punching stuff. Right. And I've wrestled and I know what that feels like. I don't know what it feels like to punch stuff, mm. you know? So that's when uh, I looked it up and my cousin Anton said he would join me. So I was like, all right, you know, so it was through the inspiration of The Undertaker that I started training MMA, mm. you know, and then I was like, okay, the yeah, rest is history, you know, right, because it yeah. started off with just as training. I didn't think I was going to do anything with it. And then, and then I got interested in fighting and then I fought and then I got interested in teaching and coaching and now I'm running a gym, Wow. you know, yeah. and I've gotten to a point where the gym is the only thing that I do. Mm-hmm. You know, I have the podcast we're doing it because it helps me. Yeah you know, kind of say all these things out loud. Yeah. It helps my students get, get to know me in a, in a deeper standpoint. Yeah. Um, more human standpoint. More human. Hum- yeah, humanizes me. Right. You know, but as far as making a living, the, the gym is all I do. You know, so I've, I've, able, I've been able to do that in a relatively short amount of time. You I mean, I, considering, yeah, you started, what, in 2019? I started training when I was 19. Oh, my bad. So I was, yeah, I, I've been training for 12 years. 12 years yeah. i mean you've done a lot considering the 12 mm-hmm. year mark and that's where again i wanted to show in this podcast my intention to show in this podcast is to show you strengths yeah because you know we always talk about like self-growth and development and all the things that we need to work on mm-hmm. blah, blah blah but we also need to point out what you did to get where you are now yeah and how most of your most of your abilities your strengths are what's helping you get through life in general and they are they are what's helping you be yourself and who you are now like they are the big this is just your core yeah you know and that's where we want to show like the core of sean the core Mm -hmm. of Tass, the core of that person that you are right now yeah and where it all started and what's what's heading to you know and it all started with with me thinking a lot of the things that i was back then as i i I used to think a lot of those things were weaknesses because again earlier this is where i wish i would have recorded when (laughs) when carla and i were talking about it because we both started pointing out your strengths and carla's big one is your ability to put things together right Right. and i asked her like what do you mean putting those things together she's like yeah because you can see opposing viewpoints you can see people's problems and you can find a core solution yeah and how do you do that we don't know but you're able to for example have um like maybe burnt bridges with certain individuals Mm. we don't i mean i don't know if you want to say names and stuff but then eventually those both of you have come into a common ground right and now you're good friends with them you have good relationships Mm. with them not everybody could do that and then considering carla and i like carla and me 
going through a lot of shit mm-hmm. <laughs> throughout our lives, you've been there every time mm-hmm. and you've been able to help us get through most of our struggles. So again, you're able to do that not just with us, but with other people and you do that for yourself too. Mm-hmm. Because again, like the fact that you're thinking about the, the things that you've done in the past or the things that you went through in the past and you're doing that self-heal, like the self-healing, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. Like not everybody could do that. You know, a lot of people need help. Like we, we need help. Yeah. But you're doing it for yourself. You know, so continue with your story about Undertaker and stuff. <laughs> um, yeah. No, that, that was basically it. That That's where it was, is that um, I started training out of his inspiration. Yeah. And the rest is, is history. Here I am. Yeah. You know, and it, I've gotten to, to meet him now for six the sixth time yeah six times as yeah. Of the, this last one mm-hmm. you know the the first one was in it was 19 years ago yeah that was in 2003 yeah you know so i was i was 12 years old when that happened yeah you know and i was just, he was the first celebrity i might i was just so starstruck that i was like whoa i i didn't say a single word to him he signed my magazine <laughs> and i walked away i didn't shake his hand no words were spoken. Aww. That's where that, that he just looked at me like, it's, uh, "Okay, okay, kid, right? Here you go. Get <laughs> the fuck out of here." <laughs> you know, yeah. and then with the nature of his character at that time, like he was uh, a more humanized version of the Undertaker, right. and then he went back. And anyone that doesn't know, he played essentially. A, a, we believed he was dead. Oh, you know, he was a dead yeah. man. He, he had a very like creepy character to him. Yeah, there was a three-year time period where he didn't do that, and he was more himself. Mm. And that's when I met him. Yeah. And then he went back the following year to that creepy character where he wasn't doing appearances like that. Mm. You know, so from 2004 to 2015-ish when he started slowing down with wrestling, he wasn't doing appearances like that. You know, so I kind of figured, I was like, that's going to be my one memory of, of, of meeting the yeah. guy, you know, my favorite wrestler. You know, so by the time 2015 comes along, I had started training. I was teaching and just getting started with with coaching we, I was, we were still victory yeah and then they announced that he was coming to chicago hmm. you know and in my mind at that time i was like i need to redeem myself from when i was 10 <laughs> 12 yeah i was like i need to shake his hand hmm. and that's all i focused on you know and at, at the time in the mma realm like i was just training i had my first fight hmm. you know and but still wasn't putting things together like that you know, and that's where it's going to link into what you just said. Mm-hmm. You know, so I met him, shook his hand, and <laughs> we took the picture. And then without saying anything, I started walking away. Of course. And he slapped my back. Thanks for coming out. I was like, I just walked away from the entertainment. <laughs> Dummy. You know? Yeah. Um, but that same day, I because uh, it was one line for a photo with him, and then there was one line with a, for an autograph. Mm. And what I took to go get signed was that picture of when I met him when I was 10. Mm. you know and the way that those things set up they you know you give it to the agent the agent passes it to him yeah and the agent used to be a, a referee uh, in wwe and he looked at the picture he's like is this in rosemont and i was like yeah mm-hmm. he's like i can tell from the, the security guards logo and stuff he's like when was this i was like that was 2003 that was at the time 12 years ago yeah and he's like that's so cool and he gives it to the undertaker <laughs> he's like look at this Undertaker looks at it and he's like, huh, yeah, a man of very few words. And I was yeah. like, that was 12 years ago. He's like, 12 years, you know, he sh- signed it, shook my hand again. And, mm. you know, and then I walked out and then 
time after that. I think was, you were with me the next. What was the third time? The, it was the third time. Yeah, in twenty. Well, you don't. Nineteen. Twenty nineteen. Yeah. That was the be. the time with the big old line and. The, yeah, the big line and so... yeah. You were with me yeah. on that one, and by that time, I had just started Warrior Evolution. Warrior Evolution was just like six months old. Oh yeah. You know. Yeah, so you had already started your gym. Mm-hmm. I remember that day. You looked all constipated. Yeah, because it's still looked super nervous. Because again, it's think about it like from my perspective. I see you at the gym mm-hmm. with full on confidence, right? You're the boss man. You teach the classes. You're the coach. Yeah. All these things, and then you know when I tell you my insecurities, you're there to listen. Yeah. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, you know, he's confident. You know, <laughs> he's got it. And then when I saw you, were looked super nervous, like a little kid. Like, yeah. you're like an 11-year-old, like, just watching The Undertaker. And you're nervous, and you look all like, oh, my God. Like, you know, you just looked, like, nervous. And I was yeah. like, holy shit. Like, this is really it. Like, he's he's nervous about it. Like, mm-hmm. he's, he's, like, in other words, like, you're insecure about it. I'm like, yeah. what's there to be insecure about if you're going to meet The Undertaker for the third time? Yeah. In my mind, right? Yeah. But then in reality, it's like, I can see why you look yeah. up to this man. You yeah. respect him. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of respect. There's a lot of gratitude because I might not have ever started MMA if he, if I didn't know of his existence. Yeah. You know, so went through that one, and then the next one was in like New right York? R- right before the pandemic hit in New York when we went yeah. to New York, and he happened to be there too. So we met him again. <laughs> yeah. and that was just like six months after we saw him here. Yeah. You know, and that one, there's just so much confusion going on with the pandemic. I just I. That was like out of all the times that one has like the fuzziest memory of it because of yeah. all the craziness that happened after. But then with that after that one, because then the pandemic hit, and the pandemic is another time that I wish I can go back to that version of me, even though it was just two years ago. Yeah. And I would tell myself at that point, don't stop, because there was a lot of times I wanted to stop. Yeah. There was a lot of times that you and Carla had to tell me don't stop. Yeah. You know, but it was just. All of it was leading, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. You know, so that that be something else I tell myself. Maybe not don't stop because you guys were already saying that. Yeah. You know, but it would be, it's worth it. It's worth it. To make it through to the other side. Just hang in there. Mm, It's going to be rough the next two years, but it's going to be worth it. Mm. Because that pandemic rocked us. You know, here I am as a, a new business owner, a new solo business owner. I'm a year into running Warrior Evolution, and now we get hit with this pandemic that Ugh. might shut everything down. So it's not that I didn't do anything right, or you know, I didn't know how to run a business. It's just this global pandemic has the potential of shutting us down. And then we kept hearing all these things about businesses shutting yeah. down. I mean, majority of business shut down. Yeah, a big chunk of them. Yeah. And so that's what that was the sad part about it because it looked like a chain reaction where businesses were shutting down, and now. Like business owners didn't know how to pay for their bills, yeah, and now they can't sell their food or sell their products or services because they can't do contact. Yeah. Like people who are in the massage therapy, like they can't touch their their clients, their clients, mm-hmm. or people with other services with food and stuff like that. Now people are skeptical, and yeah. it's like it was just so sad to see that at that point. Yep, yeah. you know. So yeah. And- once we got out of that, it yeah. had a, a new appreciation for, for life, for, yeah. you know, family, friends that stuck it out during the pandemic. Um, and that's when it was kind of like, okay, you made it. 
you know? uh, yeah, another thing that you know it's resilient about you that mm-hmm. considering the amount of of shit that we went through you stuck it out yeah and you stuck it out for all of us because i mean we could have been like man what's gonna happen to the gym that's exactly what it was like mm-hmm. everyone asked like what's gonna happen like are you guys gonna open or not yeah and we couldn't because social distancing yeah but like the virus you know mm-hmm. and that was like the sad thing to know like because we didn't know what was gonna happen to the gym yeah. and it's like all the hard work that we you know we went through and it's like we put in so much hard work and then for them to be like okay everyone's shutting down now yeah it's like but you stuck it out you know yeah, yeah considering we were there for you but it took you to do it mm-hmm. it wasn't us you did that you know you were the one that said you know what let's just do what we can and that's when we pivoted to like the the online stuff the online stuff and, exactly you know the videos and all that stuff it was just the zoom calls all that all that <laughs> shit that is just I, I i wasn't happy with any of it but yeah. it, you know something was something yeah you know and it was just like it was like all right this is this is what we can do right now so this is what we're gonna do yeah you know and coming out of that it was like all right you know we made it thanks to the students thanks to the family thanks to the friends you know so yeah that's and it was during that time too that the undertaker retired mm. i think uh he had, he had his last match it was not seen in an audience because of the pandemic like the wwe wasn't running live shows mm. you know so he had his last match during the pandemic and then yeah. he officially retired mm-hmm. um as well yeah and in front of no crowd mm. you know so i was like fuck you know i was like here i am like the gym made it yeah. And now he's he's retired and stuff. Uh, like, how much would my life be different if I didn't look up to this guy? You know, and I was right. like, he needs to know. Mm. You know, and that's kind of when uh, the Dallas trip happened. Was, that was uh, the trip that he got inducted into the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. You know, so I booked it expecting just to be in attendance for his Hall of Fame speech. Yeah. And then three days before the flight to get there, they announced that he was going to be meeting with fans the Sunday after. Mm. I was like, I gotta go. <laughs> of course you do. You know, and then we kind of talked about it. He's like, this is your chance to tell him, you know. Right. What you better you... speak up now, yeah. guy, because you never know. And, and you remember, because the, there's, like I said, there's one line for photos, then there's another line for autographs. Yeah. The photo line goes by real quick. You know, they, yeah. they push people forward a lot. You know, and I had gone to a few of these by this point. I was like, you get more time with the person during the autograph. Mm. so um but i wanted a picture another picture with him because he's hall of fame now yeah you know i've never been much of an autograph guy <laughs> um and so when i got there in dallas to meet him it was kind of rushed and then he was so tired for a long weekend and you could see it in his face that he was exhausted yeah um so at that point i was just i was like thank you for everything you've done yeah and i shook his hand and walked out i was like that's probably as close as i'm gonna get to talk to him and to you talk know, to him, to talk to him and tell him like that yeah. you know and then both of you are like ah, you should have said why don't you say anything more than that <laughs> right I was like, there's no time it's just blah 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 it's like Whatever. dude you're right there in front of him you say know? it so and then in my mind you know I, there's a podcast on that one where there was the end of my childhood and right. you know, i'm not gonna do any of that again right <laughs> it's so dramatic and then we go to dallas or nashville to go ah. see the undertaker do his uh he has a new talking story time kind of thing. Yeah. 
you know, and it's like, all right, maybe I meet him there if he does anything, you know, whatever. And then I found out that he was going to be in Chicago the week after. Mm-hmm. And then that's when I made the decision. I'm going to give him my my MMA glove to sign, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. because without his inspiration, wouldn't. I wouldn't have done it. Yeah. You know, so and then <laughs> kind of in my head, I was like, all right, let me see if I can get the the courage to speak up and tell him the story. Yeah. You know, and I got there and he's sitting at the table and he's got like four security guards around him. I was like, I got to pour my heart out <laughs> in front of these weirdos. <laughs> and then it started off real bad. I don't remember. I told the story when I met him, but I, you know, gave him the glove and he, you know, he's got his, his pens that he signs with. And the guy that is his manager was like, uh, what color do you want for him to sign? <laughs> And then he's like handing the glove. I was like, uh, I wasn't ready for this question. <laughs> and at this point now, the undertaker has the glove and he's looking at me. I was like, he had a purple marker in his hand. I was like, purple's fine. And as I said that, he was putting the marker down and grabbing a silver one. I was like, oh. let's go with silver. Oh my God. And then um, he's. What is that? Oh, I do not we're want being, to stop. We're being attacked by a moth, guys. We have a moth in <laughs> Because we're talking about the Undertaker. No! Oh no, we don't want to stop this, but we're gonna have to pause this for a second, and then we'll come back people after can, the commercial. People can, people can hear this. Oh my god! <laughs> oh no, my god! Dude, you're gonna ah, you're gonna have to kill it. I am gonna record this because people. Are gonna it's gonna, it's gonna land on you. Ew! Oh, you got it? Yeah, that thing went flying. Good job. That's disgusting. We just got attacked, guys. So I'm gonna please just step on it and kill it all the way. Not to say it's that gonna, it's gonna make a mess, though. Well, then can you at least pick it up or something? Because it's gonna continue to fly. I was gonna finish telling my story. It's not gonna fly. The thing's dead. I can Are you see sure? It. Yeah, I can see it. Well, can you at least cover it with some paper napkins, please? Well, yes. finish my yes. story. Well, no, because it's not the same. So as I was saying about the Undertaker, you know, um, yeah. So like he puts down the, he puts down uh, the. Sorry. What are you talking about? See, I even no, I can't, I can't finish your story. You don't remember my story? Yeah, but like you said it once and then I forgot. All right. <laughs> sorry, guys, been, bad memory. <laughs> moth has been destroyed. Yay! Good job. All right, we're back. No more interruptions. Back into the marker. Oh, sorry, sorry, you guys had to hear that. The marker. <laughs> and by that, I meant Nene freaking out. Uh, no, and then he, he picked up the marker, and then uh, he grabs the glove, and he's, he's pure professional. He's folding it to make sure. Dude, don't tell me there's, there's another, one. another one. You know what? I think. Hold on. The window's what? open. Oh, my, the window's open? Did Carla really open the window? Yeah, and it's open. Wow. You know she gave us crap the whole day because there was like two flies in this and house. Now we got moths. Now we have two moths in here. We're still here. Where's the other one? It's by I don't know. Alright guys, just know that uh if you hear my voice go far again, it's because I'm killing another moth. Um, Thanks to Carla. So yeah, he's like folding the glove. <laughs> <laughs> and finding a place to sign it and stuff and then uh that's when i was like you know what i'm just gonna fucking say it 
And I told him, I was like, you know, uh, you inspired me to start training MMA. Mm -hmm. He's like, I did. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, yeah, and uh, started training 12 years ago. And that's the, the logo for the gym that I've been running for three years. And then he signed it, he congratulated me, and he's like, good luck with your gym. And uh, I was like, that's it. That's like, my blessing. Like, that's the blessing that I needed on the gym. <laughs> so any doubt that I had of running the gym, Undertaker said, good luck. Yep. Running this thing to the ground at this yeah. point. You know, yeah. but that that just, it it was it was a lot. You know, it was, yeah. and that's why I was like, I can't not post this on social media. Yeah. You know, so that's so when I posted it, you know, and, and it's something I think that, the younger me would have never done because I, it took me six times meeting the Undertaker, mm. and to to thank him for for how much he's helped me. Yeah, you know and. But what was it about this time around that you just did it? Because other times you were like, "Okay, I'm just gonna shake his hand," and I, I, didn't I say think anything. What the goal is with this podcast, he accomplished with that story time that we went to in Nashville, because mm. when. This past time that I met him, it was the picture first. I stood in the line for the picture because I did both. Yeah. Um, so I stood in the line for the picture and then the autograph was, was after. Mm -hmm. You know, so I was like, I got to take a picture with him. And when I saw him and I shook his hand that time, it's like I wasn't shaking the Undertaker's hand anymore. I was shaking Mark Calloway's hand. Mm. He was human to me now. Mm. I didn't have, you know, the, the nerves that you saw when the, the third, third time, third time. Yeah. and then you weren't with me when i met him in new york but you were we were in the same building because right. that's when you and carla went to go meet uh valentina yeah so um those nerves weren't there anymore yeah and it was almost human I, maybe it was the sixth time that i met him so i was like I'm, I'm used to it by now yeah but i felt more calm and relaxed yeah so i was like all right and i i Ultimately, I felt more confident, you know, and then we don't have to tell the Trish story, Trish Stratus story, because that's where all the cool, calm and collected that I got with The Undertaker went down the window. How do you talk to this woman as and just freeze it up, as guys? As soon as Trish told me we look good in that picture together, I was like, oh, cheesy. That's it. This smile's not going away for two days. All right. Should we should be talking about your, but, your stuff with women. But that, that's, right? that's not part of my strength, so we're not uh, going to talk about that in this episode. Hmm. I mean, you could tell, you know, you, you worked your way up there. Yeah. Talk you know, to him. So. And I, I say, like, the fact that you still kept, like, kept coming back, mm -hmm. um, for me, is new because, again, seeing someone put this amount of effort to talk to someone, to meet them again and again and again and again and again, you know, there's, that's what you know, like, you're a, a real core wrestling fan. Yeah. You're, you, you've met him since you were young and then. You continue to be his fan again. So it's mm -hmm. like that just says a lot, which means that that just says how much loyalty you have towards someone, you mm -hmm. know. And that's where, again, seeing that side of you reminds me of how loyal you can be. Yeah. Like I, I know for a fact you will be loyal to our friendship because you've shown that with not just the Undertaker, but you've shown that with your friendships with Sam. Mm -hmm. Um. Your friendship to to your co MMA coach, to your wrestling coach, Coach Cress, you know, even to the UFC Hall of Famer Dan Severn, because yeah. when you first started talking to him, I mean talking about him, I mean I had no idea who he was. Mm -hmm. 
but you've watched this man since ooh, since a long time ago, right? Yeah. And so again, that just shows your loyalty towards the right people, yeah. the people that you look up to, the people that have been there for you. And that was a learning experience because at the yeah. beginning in my younger years, I was just loyal to anybody yeah. because that's what I saw. That's what I understood is Undertaker was loyal. So I need mm. loyalty. So I started showing my loyalty to some people that weren't showing it back, weren't going to be worth it at the end. So how were you able to see that? learn that not everyone needs to needs your loyalty it's still something that i think sometimes gets i I get not stepped on but people Mm -hmm. abuse my loyalty sometimes i feel Mm -hmm. um not so much anymore because now i'm extra picky with who i show that loyalty to yeah but for me it was the older i got the better i started feeling people's energies and understanding people's intentions and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it was only people that were going to bring positivity into my life and positivity that I can bring into their life. Yeah. Those people got my loyalty. Mm-hmm. It, it, it didn't become something that is like, oh, we shook hands. I'm going to be loyal to you now. Right. Oh, now you know my name. I'm going to be loyal to you now. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know who you are. I'm going to be loyal to you now. Yeah. It, it, it stopped being like that. You know, and it doesn't mean that there's not people that I care about because there's still people that I care about that don't 100% have my loyalty. It's just like, got my eye on you, you know? And because I've given my loyalty away so many times in the past and been hurt because of it, Mm -hmm. now it's more like, I'll care about you, but... Can't show it. Well, yeah. (laughs) Sorry, well... Yeah. Kind of proof that you're... Yeah, mm -hmm. you're... In other words, like... We got to work up into that that, that loyalty Uh, aspect of it, you know, because... yeah, that's what it was. I mean, you you wouldn't be loyal to The Undertaker if it wasn't because he was consistent. Yeah. And the way that that like, man conducted his career and just... He, he was loyal to the fans, you know? Yeah. No matter how hurt he was, no matter how old he got, he was still out there to perform for us. Mm-hmm. And then it was, into, it was to the point where it was like, all right, he can't... Because he said it. If his, his heart... And his mind are still there. He still wants to perform. Yeah. But his body's not there anymore. And he doesn't want to do that to us. He doesn't want to show us a half-ass Undertaker. Mm. You know, he wants to be a full Undertaker. Yeah. And he can't, physically can't do that anymore. So that's why he had to step away. Mm. You know, so he gave 30 years of his life for us mm-hmm. in the WWE. And then he also gave us his retirement. Yeah. You and know. he's still being there for the crowd, and then, for yeah because the that's that's what he said in the in, in his show he, mm-hmm. there's two things he enjoys doing one performing for all of us yeah and two being at a bar and telling us how much he likes performing for all of us because yeah. his show was at a bar yeah. you know so it, it it shows the type of person that he is and that that's kind of one of the big role models and one of the big inspirations that i had to do the things that I was doing and to understand like, all right, if I can get to at least half of the level that he got to, yeah, I'll be happy with that. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to take more than like than 30 years, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, no, I'm just kidding. I don't know. No, but it, it's like it, we see it, you know, mm-hmm. as students, we see it. Another thing that, that has shown us as, um, as students in the gym, like I'm talking on behalf of a lot of us, is the fact that you've shown loyalty to us. Mm-hmm. You know, you said it right now. You did this for the students. Yeah. You started. Uh, well, you can actually tell us a story. 
Yeah. One of your students. Because I just had a conversation with one of my students that kind of yeah. put that in perspective. And, yeah. and even just right now, I connected one thing because in, in Dallas when I met The Undertaker. And yeah. I, I told him, thank you for everything that you've done. Yeah. His response was, well, thank you. I appreciate you. I was like... Mm-hmm. Why me? <laughs> right. I haven't done anything but watch you. <laughs> right. You know, but that's kind of, I think that's where I get to see a different perspective on things because the story I, I, I was talking with one of my students basically went through this whole thing and I told her that the, the story of how I went from just a fighter to an instructor and an instructor to manager of victory was because of the students. Mm. I went from manager of victory to co-owner of a gym with my coach because yeah. of the students. Yeah. I became full owner of a gym because of my students. Mm. We survived the pandemic because of my students. Yeah. And her simple response changed my perspective on so many things. And just I had this deep gratitude and appreciation that at least one person said it out loud yeah. and to me. Her response from all that is like, well, the students are here because of you. Mm. And I was like, wow. Mm. <laughs> and yeah. as simple as that comment was, it never crossed my mind. Mm. Because I'm here because of the students. But mm. not once did I ever think the students are here because of me. Remember when we once said um, that it's not about the place, but the environment. Yeah. And it's about the people that are there. Because we could be anywhere. You know, just we we were training at home, yeah. you know, and then there was at some point, even after the pandemic, that you brought students in yeah. into your home yeah. to train. And because that gym was shut down, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's again, that just shows the level of loyalty yeah. that you have for us. <laughs> yeah. like That sounds crazy. I know later. it's crazy, but you had people come into your own home because you didn't want to take that away from them. Yeah. Like, you know, they needed that. So you did your best to give them that. Yeah. And again, it's like, it doesn't matter where you are. It's just who you have around. Mm-hmm. And you could have any other gym. Because again, three, 300, sweet 300. I mean, it looked like an old school gym. Like, it was sketchy. You know, because we had like old equipment and even the walls were all like gray area right like everything was old school (laughs) like straight up like old school type of gym and people that see the new gym now i mean they would have never thought that that's where we started and and i was just talking to my dad this morning about it because i told him i was like i'm so happy that we moved to where we are you know and it almost feels wrong that we spent 10 years in in sweet 300 and we're only going to spend three years in 405 because 405 is just it's given me a different sense it's just like you know having the office so now i have a space to actually talk to my students one-on-one if they need it and because that's what happened last week Mm -hmm. you know i had students that that wanted to express some things to me and your office went to the office closed the door and it was just it was just us and that that's what you know and now even now with, with some of the parents that drop off their kids for the kids' yeah. class, they have, some of them go to the waiting room, some of them go to the, the punching bag room and they hit yeah. the bag, some of them been in the weight room lifting weights. Nice. You know, so just to have these options for people to, to feel comfortable and to have a place like that yeah. is what I always wanted. That's good. You know, and the shame that it took so long to get that is, and, and that's it. And it could be something else that, you know, the... The answers you need are closer than you think. Mm. You know, the stuff that we wanted, 
by the time that I, I started becoming a manager at Victory and then the co-owner of uh, the second gym, the lease that we've had in in the building that we're at, at yeah. 329 West 18th Street, mm-hmm. the lease has expired three times under my watch. <laughs> you know, and all those times that my answers were looking outside of the building for a new location. And we tried and we tried and we tried and nothing was working. So it was like, all right, we'll just stay where mm. we are. Right. And it wasn't until the last time that the lease expired that I was like, maybe there's another unit in here that we can just go to. Yeah. And that's when when we realized that it wasn't going to work moving out of the building, that I looked at other units in the building. Mm. And that's when we found where we are now. Mm. And I have absolutely no regrets about it. It was. And at that point, what made you change the location? What did you want out of that? Well, one, we needed more space because the classes oh, were growing, okay. yeah. which is a great problem to have. And it's right. an even greater problem to have that we've already outgrown this bigger space. Right. You know, but what what appealed me with this location, this space, was the different rooms that it had. Mm. I have my room for the advanced class. Carla has her own room for the basic class. Yeah. We have a room for people that just want to hit bags because the bags that we had in 300 was right there in the class, you know, so right. anyone hitting the bag, we can hear it. Right, and there's a distraction to yeah. everybody else, yeah. too. Yeah. So now they have their own space. Yeah. We have a weight room now instead of just a little little 8 by 8 area of, of dumbbells that we had downstairs. Yeah. And we, now we have a full room with a squat rack and, and a bench and everything. Yeah. Um, air bikes that people can work out on. So we have a space for everything. And it's just... A space for me too because now i lift weights there yeah i don't go anywhere else to lift weights i lift weights there i have my office where i can eat everything's set up there yeah you know and it doesn't feel like a stress for me to be there because before looking at those gray walls all day it was depressing of course. yeah and you as know. you change locations it's like okay this is the designated lifting weight room this yeah is my office where yeah. i can just relax yeah oh yeah that's great yeah you know so that's kind of what that was and it's just all those hard times you know and downstairs is just telling my younger self it's worth it yeah again it's like you you hold on to the i guess faith right that it's gonna work out the the like just knowing that something good is gonna come out of this mm-hmm. considering i mean that's i guess positivity it could be faith it could be knowing that you're gonna get through it because you've gone through a lot of things in the past and you've been able to get through it you mm-hmm. know and again, it's like knowing that you have the right support system and you have the ability to do it. It's not like, okay, well, I feel like this is hard, so I'm just gonna let it go. Yeah. You know, or cause then, the same thing with the Undertaker, like even though you missed your, your, your mark by talking to him the third time, fourth time, but yeah. you're like, you know what, I gotta redeem myself. Mm-hmm. So in other words, it's like you build that stubbornness. <laughs> you're stubborn, yeah. right? You're stubborn. Um, but then it could work in your favor towards the right things. Yeah. Right? Because that, that was one of those things that I used to think of myself back then as a bad thing. I was like, I'm too stubborn. I was too stubborn hanging around the same people for too long. Mm. Even when they started hurting me. Oh, you know, yeah. So I was too stubborn hanging around certain people that I wasn't growing with anymore. Mm. I was too stubborn. I need to be less stubborn. Mm. But it's not about being less stubborn. It's about being stubborn about the right things. You know, because over the years... There's so many things where it's like, we need to change the way that the classes are run. Yeah. You know, we need to change cardio kickboxing. I was like, I don't want to do cardio kickboxing. I don't like cardio kickboxing. 
Yeah. You know, people are getting bored. Show fancier stuff. I was like, mm. I don't want to show fancier stuff. I want to <laughs> show the basics of what works. And over the past two weeks alone in the UFC, exactly what we're working this month. Yep. Knocks out. Get get knockout victories in the main events of the past yep. two UFC events. Mm. Exactly what we're working in class is what got those main events. They're, they're knockouts. Yep. And you know, it's and back it's to all, the basics. It's all through the basics and one of my students I, I put it up on my instagram i was like does this look familiar because that's exactly what we're working yeah you know and one of my students is like he said it was so cool to see the stuff that we work in class be the things that people are winning with at the highest level yeah you know and i was like yes and that's why i don't change the way that i do things yeah it's a, and there's a difference like i think what you do is evolve right because yeah. Again, many times that we've have gone through similar um, similar combos, right? But yeah. then you're like, you see something different. You're like, okay, we're going to tweak, tweak it now. You got to tweak it. And we've built libraries of old combos, but they always need something. Yeah. Right? And it's like, yeah, the old combos can work, but then you can evolve it. You can make you it make better. Make them better. You can connect them. You can always make something. And that's where I said with The Undertaker, with his characters, that's okay. what he did. You know, so this kind of from the early stages, I, I, I wasn't understanding what that was going to do for me in the future. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the case with all of us when, when we're going through the stuff that we're going through in our childhood and our teenage years and college years. We don't understand how much of what's happening to us is going to affect us in the future, how much it's going to mean to us. Yeah. You know, and I started getting that. I didn't know why. But something, and to kind of get to where, how I do certain things, I just try to remember as much as possible. Yeah. Because I don't know if this information is going to be useful. Everything that you tell me, like, if we're just talking and you tell me a story, yeah, I try to remember it. Because yeah. if something comes up later, whether it's something that you're sad about, something that you're happy about, something yeah. that you're excited about, maybe we can connect that with that one story that you said. Yeah. You know, so it's just, it became a thing where it's, and... Hiba Ali, yeah. Evolve Nation, when we brought her in for, for a seminar when I first became co-owner, yeah. that's one thing that she said. Because yeah. she did a really good job of remembering people's a names. lot of people's names yeah. in the first hour that she was there. And we asked her, I was like, how do you do that? Why do you do that? Mm-hmm. And she's like, you never know who's going to make an impact in your life. Yeah. So she's like, I make an effort to remember. You know, and the times that... Uh, you know, on my Instagram, it's Taz everywhere. But mm-hmm. no matter how, how many times I reach out to her, it's always Sean. She calls me by my, my first name. Yeah. You know, so it's just you never know who's going to make an impact. You never know what's yeah. going to make an impact. You try to remember it. And that's what this podcast has done for me, too. Because the older I get, the more I'm trying to remember stuff, the more stuff gets pushed out and the more. Yeah. You know, we kind of forget things. So it's... be. What I started doing for my social media for this podcast is just documentation. I'm just documenting life, life, you know, so that one day when I finally take too many punches to the head and I can't remember stuff, I have something to look at. I have something to listen to that will remind me of all of this. Yeah. On those days that things get difficult, I can remind myself of things like that. Yeah, now you have a a, a library of things that you can always keep in mind whenever Mm -hmm. you don't feel like you're doing enough yeah. you know and that's where i'm here carla's here like we're here to remind you of the good that you've done you know you just 
you have no idea how much impact you've done to the students mm-hmm. just by you talking to us about this. Yeah. Again, like when we first started, like I'm reminded, like I said, it's like you need to tell your story because yeah. people don't know you. People don't know where you come from, like why you do the things that you do, or, like how what they see in the gym is different from what you do in reality. Now everything connects, right? Like you came from us like a point in your life and you started evolving but we want to see that so we can keep up with you mm-hmm. because things are always changing you're always changing and for the better but it's like why not keep that on record so you can see your evolution as well yeah. because again one thing that carla and i pointed out that was the fact that we see these things you see things from other people but sometimes you don't see that yourself And that's normal, but I think a lot of us, right? Mm-hmm. We're good at seeing other people's strengths, everything. Yeah. And then we, when when we forget is that, or what we forget is to sit down and actually acknowledge the good things that we've done, our strengths, and things that are helping us get to where we want to get to, and things that have helped us get to where we are now. Mm-hmm. And you've done that, you know, like being able to connect that, like. You can remember a lot of things. You can remember dates. You can remember people's names, situations. Like you can recall stories with detail, yeah. and you can make me feel like I'm in that moment. Mm. I don't. I don't know how to do that. Like that's why I show it. This is why I show the YouTube, right? Uh-huh. I can't tell a story like that. So what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna record it <laughs> and show it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I don't have that ability. You do. Mm-hmm. The story about the Undertaker. Nobody would have never. Like been in that situation, but now it's like I'm with you. Yeah, I don't have to be there physically for me to know what it feels like. It's like I now listening to your story, I'm like, damn, it would be nice you know, to <laughs> have someone to look up to like that. Yeah, like if anything, like I want that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's really cool to see that, and you're able to connect like past experiences, experiences that you've seen from other people, and like connect. Mm-hmm. And and now it's like, yeah, it shows it. You know, it shows it. I'm pretty sure a lot of people see, like, and your students and stuff, people that listen to this podcast, they see, like, the amount of work that you put into it. You know, you put into yourself. Thank you. You know, and that's where it's like, yeah, it's good to acknowledge those things because you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Maybe you don't give yourself enough credit, but if anything, like, you're doing this and you're growing and you're ambitious about it. You know, like, you, you're never content. Mm-hmm. And we've said it. Like from when we started MMA, right? Like, I mean, war evolution, right? Because you said you're always evolving. Yeah. You're never just fully content. You're always changing. And that's what you're doing mm-hmm. for yourself. You know, so no one's, no one's like left behind. Like, I'm always saying like coaches, you know, they can, some of them get lazy and they don't train. <laughs> But it's like, you don't, you, you still do your thing. Yeah. And that that's something that I... Because even for me, because I see coaches that stop training, I was like, that's never going to be me. And I, I've I've told Drew the same thing. I was like, don't ever let me stop. Don't ever let me get lazy. Don't Nothing. You know? And we both have the same toe injury right now. Um, but you know, we've trained all week. But we finished we finished the training and we yeah. kept going with our, with our lives. And, yeah. you know, we might have to make some adjustments for our, our regular training this week. But it's yeah. like, we're still going to do it. Nothing is going to stop. Like, Nothing stops just because of anything. You yeah. know, you've had plenty of things the past few weeks in your personal life and, yeah. you know, your job and stuff. But none of that has stopped you from doing what you do. 
I'm just like, I I have a normal job just like everybody else. Mm -hmm. I don't have kids, Mm -hmm. but that's because I chose to. You know, like the thing, like you also went back when you were a coach, you you still had a job, you know, and now this is your full time thing, but you still got a life. (laughs) We all have a life Mm -hmm. outside of that, but you still make the time to put yourself first. I think it was. It was like two, three weeks ago that I had a mental breakdown. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> one out of a hundred. Um, <laughs> that, you know, it's like, because I w- didn't want to go to the gym. Like, there was one of the times that I just didn't want to go because, again, it's like... You were I, on your way home. Yeah, I was on my way home. But it's like, no, because, again, it's like, why, why not give yourself a chance to... Like take care of yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Like why does that? Why does your life have to be on hold just because of that situation? Yeah. And you tell me this, like, why does that have to stop? It doesn't, because again, it's like I was punishing myself, and I'm like, I'm not gonna go to the gym. Yeah. But it's like that does not stop. I mean, life still keeps going, right? Why does the training have to suffer? Why do you have to sacrifice your training yourself just for one particular reason? Mm-hmm. And I think that's again. A different mindset, a different point of view that at that moment, I'm like, yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, I'm not happy with what just happened, but why can't I go to the gym? Yeah. Right? And it's like, out of nowhere, your mind and your your perspective changes. And now I'm like, after I did it, I'm like, oh, yeah. How was I going to do that to myself? (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Like, why did I do that to myself? Yeah. But then you show is like, you go through stuff despite the hardships right yeah i mean you still keep going despite the hardship what do you always tell the people at the gym or like students like you you don't stop until you're tired you stop until you're done yeah and that's why with the last 15 seconds last 10 seconds you make us go a lot and if you stop before that we do it another 10 seconds and that sucks mm-hmm. now how many times have we seen like the fighters you know and the, the, all the fights like you don't stop until you're done yeah and with the guys that have won with all the victories and their finishes, it's like it's because they, they were not done. Yeah. They did it themselves. It was like great. You're showing it. And you're doing it yourself. So you know you can keep doing that and you know, even your parents, like they've they've been there for you too. Mm-hmm. And that's where again it's it shows it shows where, where you get it from. You know, they're they're a big part of your life. You know, I always I find it funny because I'll, I'll say something and then, you know, Mark will come in or Mac will come in, Coach yeah. Perez, Anthony will come in. They'll say the same thing I say and yeah. the students pick it up a little bit more. And I feel like my parents went through that because everything they said and then I give credit to The Undertaker, I give credit to Eddie, I give credit oh. to Marshall, and <laughs> yeah. And they've said the same thing all yeah. along, you know, so it's like I kind of compare it to that, you know, because, yeah, it, it, like I say these things, I didn't have friends a lot of friends growing up, but I had friends. Yeah. You know, and I say that I looked up to The Undertaker so much, but, like, I had a, a whole family that was, was there with me. Yeah. It was just that stubbornness at the time <laughs> yeah. to not listen to them because they didn't, quote-unquote, know me or understand me. Yeah. So I was going to listen to the guys that I see on TV because they're closer to what I want to do. Uh. <laughs> you know? So I get it, you know? And that's where I've kind of learned... You, talking to my... Not so earlier self when I first started coaching or, you know, even just last year. It was like, because I almost took it personal when, like, oh, Mark just showed me this. I was like, I showed you that two months ago. Uh, right. You know, and I was like, what the hell? Are you, are you not listening to me? You did not trust me. But now it's just, 
Whatever. Everyone's going to say something, and we all say it a little bit differently, so it's all going to connect a little bit differently mm-hmm. with certain people. Yeah. You know, so I'm sure there's a lot of people that think The Undertaker's a piece of shit and don't know The Undertaker or don't like him, you know, yeah. and that's fine, you know. Yeah. He connected with me, and that's what matters to me. Yeah. You know, I don't care what other people say about him. Yeah. You know, and it's getting now to being able to take that aspect of, and applying it to myself. I We just had a conversation. Like, I, I feel like YouTube is the platform that has the most trolls on it. Yeah. You know, so when I post my, the, you know, the YouTube shorts, I post it and I let them be. I don't yeah. look at anything on YouTube. They just don't look at comments. Don't look at, at likes or anything like that. It's just, I'm going to let them be. Yeah. You know, because it's not going to affect me. I got a huge, I got it in the same post that I shared today. Yeah. Uh, another coach, you know, from another gym messaged me um, a comment about uh, Edwards' knockout to Usman this weekend. And I told yeah. him, I was like, that technique, that setup is what we're working on in class. Yeah. Um, and his simple response was, I love watching your videos. Mm-hmm. And this is a man that's, got a military background that has boxed that has done taught MMA for decades you yeah. know so just that comment I was like alright those are what matter to me more than what the trolls are going to say what other fighters are going to say what other people that just train are but these are guys that have been teaching and showing and dealing with the same things that I've been dealing with Yeah, those opinions matter to me than anybody else the opinions of people like Coach Crest, Anthony, Dan Severn those opinions matter to me yeah. you know People that matter again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad that you see that, because yeah, it it takes a lot, and a lot of it is observation, right? Yeah. Because again, you need to know your audience. You need to know your people. It's not just okay the right people, but then how do you know who's right or not? You mm-hmm. know, like how are you able to see that? You know, and it's like again, you look at what they do. You look at how they associate themselves, like how they treat themselves, how they treat other people, yeah. right? And you're big on that. So, again, it's like knowing who you're listening to. Mm-hmm. Not everyone's nice and dandy and cool and stuff. Not everyone's that's nice is dandy and cool and stuff, because some of them have agendas. Yeah. So, yeah. But thank you for sharing that, you know? Yeah, so it's, it's you know, big ones, but I think um, a lot of people can resonate, mm-hmm. and if, you know, if, it, if anything, that if they do get anything off of it, I'm pretty sure there's going to be one thing that they can relate to. Yeah. You know, so thank you. Thank you. You got it all going on your YouTube with these, with the ideas, so if you guys haven't checked out those videos. Yeah, you probably um, cry. Carla cried. That's um, <laughs> Nene MMA on YouTube. If you want to see more of that, Nene MMA on Patreon. And then yeah. she's on Instagram at Nene underscore MMA underscore CMM. If you want to see all the pictures of the six times that I've met the Undertaker, uh, those are all on the social media platforms of me at Taz MMA underscore fitness. Um, he shows all his MMA and fitness. All my <laughs> MMA and fitness. Even and though my testing. fitness stuff doesn't do well on Instagram. <laughs> you guys don't want to see that. Um, it's all there. Yeah. As always, thank you guys for listening and listening to these and... Dealing with all of the, the crazy shenanigans and rest in, peace shenanigans. To, rest in peace to that moth that you guys had to hear me smack with my chunkla. 
I think the other one got scared. The other <laughs> one's, I don't know where it went. <laughs> so now we got to go deal with that. Okay. Um, thank you guys, and hopefully you guys will be back. Uh, and welcome to anybody that's new. We haven't done that in a while. Oh, yeah, welcome. Welcome <laughs> to any new listeners, and we hope that uh, our craziness didn't scare you off, and you guys will be back next week as well. Thank you guys for listening, and see you. Bye. Bye-bye.